Shift gears. Here we go. This is it. This is the last of the never-ending series. This is the final installment of What is Love? And not only for those of you in the house that made it on Time Change Sunday, well done. Good job. Not only do we have bonus points for you, we have limited edition, only available today, refrigerator magnets. Yeah, you're not nearly as excited as you should be. These are amazing. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the Love Is refrigerator magnet, and uh, we just designed it so you can always remember what love is. Just stick it on your refrigerator. Every time you go grab a glass of milk, you'll be reminded. So they're on the back table back there. There are also some handmade things on that table um, in honor of our friends in Ukraine. These little kitchen magnets are free. Just please take one. Um, the, the bracelets, the earrings, the other stuff that's back there, I think there's one more shirt. They are for donation, and every dime that goes in that jar will end up helping people in Ukraine. And we have ordered a couple hundred more shirts, so they'll be here in two weeks. So if you didn't get any of the shirts, they'll be here, and you can help that way. Part 10, I want to ask you to do something kind of old school, and that is to stand as we read this passage one more time. When these letters would circulate throughout the first century world, when the scripture would, would be read in a gathering like this, people would stand to honor the word of God. And if you're worried that we're going to read a whole chapter and we have to stand for that, remember when this letter arrived, they would read the whole letter. We're reading chapter 13. They would read the whole thing. So hang with us as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, <laughs> but I did not love others, I would be nothing, nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then Paul gives us this application. And as we read this, I want you to see these verses to, through two lenses. One, when we read the word love, this is how God loves you. And when you see the word love, this is how God's people are commanded to love others. This is how you are loved. This is how you are to love. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. And it endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages uh, and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. 
Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of those, above all, is love. Amen? Thank you for standing to honor the Word of God. I appreciate it. Let me give you a quick review. If you haven't been here, you only got a couple of the What is Love series. Love is patient. Paul says it's long-hearted. It is willing to walk at somebody else's pace, whether to speed up or to slow down for their benefit. Love is kind. Kind does not mean nice. Kind means to provide what is most useful. And sometimes what is most useful is not very nice, right? (laughs) Sometimes the most useful thing your child needs is a little bit of discipline. Am I right? No? Just my children? Cool. Hmm. Love is not jealous. I'm jealous of you if your children never needed discipline. Um, It does not play the comparison game. Love does not compare with anything or anyone, only with God's love. Love does not boast. It's not loud. It's not obnoxious. Love is not proud. So love thinks of others more than it thinks of itself. Love is not rude, which means love respects everyone respects everyone. Love is not demanding. It gives up the right to always be right. It's okay to let people be wrong. You don't have to assert your right. Uh, Love is not, or love is, slow to anger. It's okay to be angry, but it's never okay to let anger ruin a relationship. Last week, we talked about love doesn't keep score, because when you keep score, everyone loses. Now, today, We are going to focus on this little word, always. Um, And in the original language, which Paul wrote, this was written in Greek, first century Greek, which is very, very different than modern Greek, and it's really, really different than modern American English. And so depending on which translation you read, you might get some never statements, which we had in the translation we just read, or you might get some always statements, Or you might get a combination of both, love never and love always. In the original language, in Greek, there are four always statements. And so, yes, today's message has four points. You can do this. If you're worried about four points, don't worry. I'll make a point to be pointless next week. (laughs) Ha! Pity laugh. Awesome. The word always that Paul uses means, well, it means always. (laughs) There's really not a a whole lot we can expand upon there. It means without ceasing. It means on every occasion. It means whenever there is an opportunity, it does it. Always. Always basically means the same thing in English as it did in first century Greek. And then Paul connects four words. Always does four things. The first one is always protects. Strange little Greek word there. It means to cover and to preserve. It means to strengthen what is weak and to shield what is vulnerable. It's a military term. 
Anybody who was in the Roman army would have understood this statement that love always protects. And what it means is that God recognizes your weakness. He, he sees your weakness. He sees your vulnerability. He doesn't overlook it. He doesn't dismiss it. He doesn't judge it. He doesn't condemn it. And he never, ever stops loving you because of your weakness or vulnerability. Instead, he stands beside you. He covers your weakness. He protects your vulnerability. It's, you need to have in your mind the picture of a Roman soldier with a spear and a sword and a shield standing in front of you to protect you from what's ahead, behind you to protect you from anything that might sneak up on you, and beside you to stand with you and fight with you the battles that you must face. This is what love always does for you. This is how God sees you, views you, and protects you. He covers your weaknesses. He covers and shields your vulnerabilities. And if you've received that kind of love, then you are commanded to give it. And the truth is, there is probably someone in your life today who needs you to quit judging their weaknesses, to quit condemning their vulnerabilities. There's someone in your life that needs you to stand for them and with them and not dismiss their weakness and not make excuses for their vulnerabilities, but to, like a soldier with a shield, to stand and protect them. They need you to, on every occasion, whenever the need arises, to always be a person who protects those who are weak and vulnerable. That's what love always does. Second thing love always does is love always trusts. This is a hard one. We're going to talk about this tomorrow on our Marriage Moment series. We're going to kind of expand more on this thought. But love always trusts means it always believes. It always places trust in. In our language, we would say it always believes the best about a person. It always gives the person the benefit of the doubt. Now, I don't know if you have somebody that loves you like this or not. If you do, you know how beautiful it is. When you're at your worst, but they still believe the best about you. If you don't have someone like that in your life, be that someone for someone else. Because it is a powerful, motivating thing when I know, even when I'm at my worst, there are people who still see the best in me. And this is how God loves you. He knows your story, right? He knows everything about you, everything you've done, everything you're going to do. He knows all your weaknesses, all your vulnerabilities, all your failures, all your mistakes. And yet, he looks at you and he looks for the good in you. He looks for the best in you. He believes the best about you. No matter what anyone else may say, think, or believe, God believes the best about you. Aren't you glad? When you're at your worst, God sees what's best in you. And if this is the kind of love you have received as a Jesus follower, this is the kind of love you are commanded to give. And there is someone in your life today who needs desperately for you to see the best in them. They need desperately for you to give them the benefit of the doubt for a while 
They, they need you to, regardless of what everyone else is saying or doing or thinking or believing, they need you to believe in them, to find what's good in them, to believe the best about them, because that's what love, on every occasion, whenever there's an opportunity, that's what love does. It believes the best. It looks for the best possible explanation for their behavior. Love always protects Love always trusts. We're halfway done. Y'all are worried. We're halfway done. We're, we're on point number three. Love always, number three, hopes. Love always hopes. This little word in Greek means to wait with joy and full confidence. And the confidence is you can wait in full joy because you have confidence that out there in the future is something better. That in the days ahead, in the moments in your future, there is a brighter day. It, it, to see potential in others and to point them to a brighter day in their future is what love does. It always looks past, looks, looks through all those weaknesses and vulnerabilities and failures, and it sees the best in the person, and it knows that person can be so much more. And then it points the person in that direction. This is why we, as Jesus followers, have hope. We know that one day there's not going to be a war in Ukraine. And we know that one day there's not going to be homeless people in Artesia. And we know one day there's not going to be tears streaming down our face in pain. And we know one day God will make everything good. And there will be one day when God makes everything right. And that's why we have hope. Hope that we have, we can live in full joy and confidence that someday God's going to make things right. There is someone in your life today that desperately needs you to point them to a better future. There is someone in your life today who is struggling so much with today and the struggles of today and the pain of today and the sorrow and heartache of today. They're struggling so much, they just need someone who loves them to say, it's not always going to be like this. Yes, you're hurting today, but there's coming a day when God will make this right. Hang on. Hang in there. I see it for you. I see a good future for you because there is a good future for all of us who follow Jesus. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And this last one is really key. It always perseveres. It always remains. It always endures. It never quits. It never gives up. This is what love on every occasion does. It refuses to give up. Do you know that God cannot give up on you? If God is love and love never gives up, God cannot give up on you. He cannot stop loving you. He cannot quit loving you. It is within, it is in his nature there, there is nothing you could do to make God stop loving you. He can't do it. Isn't that amazing? There's someone in your life today that needs you to love them like this. And no matter what they do, you're going to love them. No matter what they say, you're going to love them. No matter where they go or who they're with or what decisions they make, you're committed to never, ever giving up on them, never, ever quitting on them. 
That's what love does. Love always protects it, always trusts it, always hopes, and it always perseveres. It never, ever gives up. And if you've received that kind of love, that's the love you're commanded to give. So worship leaders, good time to come up. I'm about done, about 18 more minutes or so, and we'll be done. Here's the bottom line. If I have received this love from God, this patient love, this kind love, this useful love, this not boastful, this respectful love, this enduring love, this hopeful love, this protective love, if I've received that from God, then I owe it to God to love, and I left it blank. Because the person you would put in the blank is different than the person I would put in the blank. But you know who it is right now, don't you? Like you know right now who the person or the people that you've been struggling to love. Let me, let me re- rephrase that. You know the people and the person that you're just struggling to like today. And yet you have this faith in Jesus that compels you to do something different, that compels you to be better, that compels you to follow his example. And if we could just view it from that lens that if I've received all of that love from God, it's not just for me. If I've been blessed with all of that, I am blessed to be a blessing. I am loved to share love. And so who's in your blank today? Who do you struggle to love? If you've received the kind of love that we've been looking at for the last 17 years in this series, you owe it to God to share it, to give it, to pass it on. This is what Jesus' followers do. This is how Jesus loves you. The people you live with, the people you work with, the people you fellowship with, the people you worship with, every single people you will ever lock eyes with, that's who you've been called to love. Not because they deserve it. Not because they've earned it, but because you follow Jesus. And Jesus has loved you. Not because... You deserve it. And not because you've earned it, but because he chooses to. He chooses to love you. We must, we must, we must make the same choice to love. The night before Jesus was killed, he has all of his guys surrounding him. And he says, now I am giving you a new commandment. Not suggestion, not idea, not principle, a commandment. Love each other. Love each other. And in case you're wondering how, then Jesus said, just as I have loved you, you must love each other. And then to put added pressure on it, He says, this is the one thing, this is the one thing you can do. Your love will be what tells the world that you're my follower. It's something we have to get right. It's something I have to put 
on my refrigerator door so that every time I open it, I can see, oh yeah, love is not demanding. Love is slow to anger. These are things we have to get right, guys. These are things we are commanded by our Savior. These are the, these are the ways we are loved by our Creator. And these are the ways we are commanded to love each other. Would you pray with me? Let's ask God for some help because I don't know about you, but I need help with this. And God, I just want to acknowledge that I can't do this without you. When I try to do these things without your help, I get it wrong. I struggle. I make a mess of it. But I know with the power of your spirit in our lives, cleansing us and renewing our mind, I know we can... We can love each other the way you have loved us because you have sent us your spirit to dwell within us and give us your power. And so help us, Jesus. Help us to love like you loved. Help us to not be hoarders of your love, but to be givers of your love. Help us to be a people who take this commandment so seriously that there is no doubt when people look at us how much we love each other, that we love you and that we follow you. When you see people at West Main, may you see people who take love seriously. Help us get it right. Pray in Jesus' name.